morning, our scripture reading is going to come from John chapter 1. Uh, we're continuing to follow Jesus through the book of John. Uh, we're reading verses 35 through 42. John chapter 1, verse 35 through 42. I might as to hear now the word of the Lord. It says, the next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and he watched Jesus walk by. He exclaimed, look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. So so John is standing uh, with a couple of his disciples. Uh, He sees Jesus passing by and he says, look, you know, there is the Lamb of God. And we we talked about last week a little bit about what it means for Jesus to be the Lamb of God. When John identifies him as the Lamb of God, he's he's connecting him with the Passover Lamb, the, the Lamb that was Uh, slain, which meant deliverance for the people of Israel. He's connecting them with the lambs that are sacrificed in the temple for the forgiveness of the people's sins. So when he looks at Jesus and he says, there's the Lamb of God, he's he's telling his disciples, hey, uh, he is going to be the one who becomes a sacrifice for the people to rescue them, to save them, to redeem them, to lead them to life. And so the the two disciples who were there with John the Baptist, they, they hear him say this, and they trust what he says. And so they begin to follow Jesus. Right, I, I think it's a lot for the, these disciples of John the Baptist to begin to follow Jesus. Right? They have to know John the Baptist. They have to be able to trust what he's saying so they can you know, take that message and go and see what Jesus is all about. Kind of like the same way uh, if you're talking with somebody and they recommend you know, a restaurant that you're going to go eat, you've got to trust what they're saying in order for you to go there. If it's somebody that you know that makes good food or has good taste in food, you'll probably take them up on it. If it's somebody you know and it's like they don't know how to cook, they don't know how to eat, like you're probably not going to follow it. If if you're putting raisins in the potato salad and you recommend a restaurant to me, I'm probably not going to go. I mean, there's just something to that, right? I'm not going to trust your judgment on that. So these disciples, though, they trust John. They trust what he's telling them about Jesus, and so they go and start following him. They're just walking behind him, seeing what he's going to do, seeing what's going on. Jesus notices that they're following, and he turns to him and he says, hey, well, what are you guys looking for? Right? And he's asking more than just this, what are you looking for kind of question. It's, it's a deeper asking. What is it that you're seeking? What is it that you're searching? What in your life are you, are you in need of? And Jesus knows, right, that deep down that we all have this longing, this, this gap, this place within our heart that longs and, and yearns for meaning, for purpose, really this place in our life that needs this connection and relationship with him. But he's, he's inviting us to be able to verbalize that. And so we ask him, you know, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? And they respond with this, you know, 
well, where are you staying? It's an interesting response. I think, it's, I think Jesus and these disciples are kind of talking in a, in a code language almost. Because when they say, where are you staying? They're not asking Jesus, you know, hey, what, what hotel are you at? They're not saying, hey, what's your address? What they really want to know is, Jesus, what are you all about? Like, we've heard these things about you, but what are you really all about? Right? I mean, to go back to the restaurant analogy, they've taken their friend's recommendation. They've gone to the restaurant. Now they want to see the menu. They, they want to look in the kitchen and make sure that the kitchen's clean before they start eating there, right? I mean, they want to know what's really going on and what Jesus is all about. And Jesus' response is always so interesting to me. Because if I was Jesus, I mean, I'm not, but if, if I were, right, and I was who Jesus was and I was being asked this question, they said, you know, what, what are you all about? I mean, I'd probably just start doing miracles, right? Well, hey, you know, you see that water? Now it's wine. Go have some, right? Like, you see those rocks? Now they're bread. Let's have, let's have a feast. But Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't do that. Or, or if I'm Jesus, you know, I'm probably, well, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and I'm starting to give out all my lectures of all the things that I feel like they need to know. But Jesus, he's not just interested in showing off. He's not just interested in seeing, you know, hey, all these are the ways that I can just blow your mind his goal isn't to build a platform for himself. Instead, Jesus wants a relationship. So he invites them to come and see. Come and walk with me. Come and talk with me. Come and stay with me. Come and follow me. Right? I mean, he doesn't try to tell them uh, everything all at once even. Because following Jesus is more than just a single conversation. Following Jesus isn't a 10-step plan to make your life better that you can just unravel and unroll on the spot. Following Jesus isn't something that can be boiled down to a catchy slogan or, or a TikTok video or Facebook, right? It's, it's a life choice. It's an invitation to follow him, to see what he's all about, to experience it for ourselves. So rather than trying to explain it, rather than just performing a miracle on the spot, Jesus says, come and follow me. Come and see the kind of life that goes beyond just a simple explanation. The kind of life that only makes sense as you live it, as you walk with me through it. So after Jesus gives them this invitation, uh, it says they begin to follow him. Uh, They begin to walk with him. They spend the whole day with Jesus. And it's such a a powerful, such a meaningful day that Andrew uh, goes and he finds his brother, Simon. He says, hey, we, we found him. I think we found the one. You got to come and check it out too. And he takes his brother, Simon, and he brings him to Jesus. I, I, I think it's important here, right? I mean, he doesn't just say, hey, Jesus is over there. You should go check it out. He brings him to go and meet with Jesus together. Jesus meets him and says, hey, your name's going to be Peter. Peter accepts the invitation and they begin to follow him together. So, so as, we're, as we're taken in, you know, all these different things, all these moving parts within this passage, what's happening, what it means for us, what, what stands out to me is this constant theme of invitation. Right? This invitation after invitation after invitation that's taking place. The, the first invitation is the one that Jesus has. Uh, that's always the first. Before we move, God has moved towards us. That's what Jesus is. It's God's invitation for us to draw near to him. And Jesus' words, his invitation to us is to come and see. And the same invitation that Jesus gave to those disciples is the same one that he offers to us. Because Jesus knows that we're all searching, that we're all looking, that there is a longing deep inside of each one of us. And he knows that he is the fulfillment of that. Jesus knows. 
in the deepest parts of our souls, there's a yearning. And he has come to show us the kind of love that fills that place within our lives. So he invites us to come and see. He invites those who think they've got it all figured out, who think that they're okay already. And he invites those who know that they've made a mess of this life. He invites those who know that they don't have things just right, that they've made some mistakes, people who struggle. Jesus invites those who normally don't get invited to things to come and see, to come and walk and talk with him. He invites those who've made a mess and those who think that they've got it all just right. Come and see. Come, walk and talk with me. And whether you've been following Jesus your entire life or maybe this is the first time that you've made that step, that, that first time that you've said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what Jesus is all about. This come and see invitation is the same. For those who are newer to church and newer to Jesus, it's an invitation to check him out, to probe deep and to get to know him. Because the only way to know if Jesus is the real deal or not, if the claims that are made about him are true, if what people say about him is the truth about who he is, it's to spend time with him, to walk and talk with him for a while. That's the only way to get to know him. For those who've been a part of a church for a long time, those who say, you know what, I've been walking with Jesus my whole life, this come and see is still an invitation for you, an invitation to draw closer to him. Sometimes, you know, after a while, we miss the beauty of what it is just to walk with him, just to talk with him, to know him, to hear his voice. We get so called up in the activities, so called up in doing all of the work that we miss out on just being with Jesus learning and growing from him. And so there's an invitation for us to draw near to be with him. Jesus offers us to come and to see, to follow him, to walk and talk with him. Now there's other invitations in this story as well. While Jesus offers that first invitation, there's invitations from those who've come to know him. John the Baptist has an invitation. Andrew has an invitation. They model for us ways that we invite others to know and to walk and talk with Jesus. John the Baptist, right, he's standing around with some, with some friends. They, they're kind of sharing a life together. They trust John. Well, John's had an encounter with Jesus. He, he's experienced Jesus. Jesus has made a difference in his life. And so he's standing around with his friends and he says, hey, Jesus there, there he is. He's the Lamb of God. Like he's speaking from a personal encounter, a personal experience that he's had with Jesus. And he's telling other people about that. He's letting them know. Jesus has made a difference in my life. He's telling them this good news. I mean, I think we can learn from John that we don't have to know the whole Bible in order to tell somebody what Jesus has done for us. Like John doesn't quote for them every chapter and verse that's been written. He just says, you know, this is how I've encountered him. This is how I've experienced him. And it offers us the opportunity to do the same. Right? Telling somebody about Jesus is just telling them what Jesus has done for you. I mean, I was... I was telling somebody this week, uh, we were talking about marriage, said if it wasn't for Jesus, I don't know that I would be married. My wife would have left me the first year that we were married if she didn't have a relationship with Jesus, right? Like every day, I thank Jesus that she knew him because she stayed together with me. Now, hopefully I'm a little bit better than I was back then, but I'm thankful for Jesus because of that. That's one of the ways. I mean, there's many ways that he's made a difference in my life. But that's one. And it's a situational thing. Whatever situation that you found yourself in, you can tell somebody, you know what? Jesus saved me from myself. I thought I had it figured out. My plans were failing. Jesus rescued me from myself. 
You know what? There was this time when I wasn't sure how I was going to make it, and I was praying about it, and Jesus gave me a peace, and Jesus made a way. Now, you could tell people what Jesus has done for you. All my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been with me. Even whenever I go through the difficulties, he's given me peace. In the good times and in the bad times, I have joy because of Jesus. You can tell somebody what he's done for you. The second kind of invitation that we see in this story uh, is what Andrew does with Peter. He tells Peter, he says, hey, you know, I, I know something. I know somebody who can make a difference in your life. Why don't, you, why don't you come and check them out? We'll go together. Let's go see Jesus. You can come and sit with me. It's a come and sit with me invitation. If you were here pre-COVID, you might have heard a little bit about this before, but I, I just think it's great. Uh, and I, it's a, a premise that Andy Stanley at North Point uh, Church in Atlanta talked about. But basically, it's a way that you can invite people to know Jesus, whether you've met them for the first time or whether you've known them for a long time. Whether things are going well or if things are, are going great, it's a way of being able to say, hey, you should come to my church. You could come and sit with me. If people are saying, you know what, if you're talking and you're having a conversation, someone says, you know what, I'm not, I'm not really going to church right now. Well, you should come to my church. You can come and sit with me. You know, if you're talking with somebody and they're saying, hey, uh, we, we just moved to Florida. We're not really sure about all of this stuff. It's a lot of transition. It's a lot of change. Things are kind of crazy right now. Oh, well, you should come to my church. You can come and sit with me. Talking with somebody, you know what? My, my kids are crazy. I just, I don't even know what's going on these days. Just everything seems out of control, out of hand. Well, we should come to my church. You can come and sit with me. Oh, man, I'm having such a hard time. You know, my, my spouse just passed. I'm having such a hard time. You know, my, my, my parent, my, my mom just passed away. I'm having such a hard time. I just, I just lost a child. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, you should come to my church. You can come and sit with me. Right? And it's not that going to church solves everything, but as a church, we believe that Jesus makes a difference. We believe that he's made a difference in, in our lives. I mean, we, we said so this morning, right? That uh, his amazing love, his amazing grace has made a difference for us. It's made a difference for me. It's made a difference for you. If we believe that Jesus makes a difference than any situation that somebody is facing or any situation that they're going through, then Jesus is the answer. If most of the problems of this world are the result of sin, uh, of death, of sorrow, Jesus is the answer because he offers us life. He offers us peace. He offers us hope. He offers us salvation. Jesus offers us hope and he offers us healing. So the invitation that Jesus has for us to come and see is the same way that we can invite others. Hey, you should come to my church. Come and sit with me. You'll get to meet and know Jesus. We believe that whenever we gather together that Jesus is present. I believe that Jesus is here this morning. His spirit is working and moving. If we're, if we're open to encountering him, he's speaking to us. He's inviting us to come closer. And so all it takes is for somebody to enter into his presence, to begin to meet with him and know him. It begins to make a difference in their life as well. If we know that he's made a difference for us, he can do the same for others. It's not that we got it all figured out. It's not that we've got it all perfect. I mean, remember, I'm not the Savior. You're not the Savior. But we know the one who is. And so, like Andrew, we're bringing people to meet the one who has come to save us. And I would say a crucial part of this invitation is that is an invitation to, to come and do this with me. Let's do life together. Come and sit with me. 
Uh, you know, we've got a couple of counselors that we have partnered with to provide space for them to be able to meet. Christian counselors who, who meet with clients here in this church. Uh, and I was talking with one of them this week, and he said that since COVID, there's been this a rise in social anxiety disorders. Right? I mean, that means that it's tough for people to get out in public. I, I think it's hard to go to a church. I'm, I'm a pastor, and if we go on vacation somewhere, sometimes, it, it's hard to go find a church to go in. I mean, this is, this is my, my life and my calling, and I'll say it's hard to go because you don't know anybody. You're not sure what to expect or who you're going to meet or what you're going to encounter. So to be able to say, hey, you can come and sit with me, it helps to ease that discomfort. It helps to reduce that anxiety. Uh, if somebody says, you know what, hey, if I walk in, the roof's going to fall on me. It's like, well, it didn't when I walked in, so I think you'll be okay. Come and sit with me. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring an umbrella and hold over your head if it does. But but it's a connection. It's a relationship. We're going to go to Jesus together because we know that he makes a difference. And you're here this morning because at some point in time, somebody in your life invited you to meet with Jesus. Somebody in your life invited you to know him, to have that encounter with him, to have that relationship with him. And he's made a difference in your life. And so the invitation for us is to, again, draw closer to him and invite others so that they can meet and encounter and know that same life-changing love within their lives as well. Let us pray together. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks for what you have done within our lives. We thank you that uh, when, we were, when we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. That he gave us that invitation to, to meet you, to know you, to draw close to you. So that I pray that, that once again we would feel that tug to, to walk with you, to talk with you to experience a, a deeper relationship, a deeper connection, uh, a deeper love for you than we have ever felt before. I pray, Lord, that as we are drawing closer to you, that you would place people in our lives that we might invite to know you more as well. Then in the same way you've made a difference in our lives, it, that you'll make a difference in their lives. Whatever needs are present this morning, Lord, we pray for your power to be at work, to touch and change and encounter lives, to, to, to bring healing to bring wholeness, to bring hope. We thank you for that. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.